I find that the creative outlet of side projects is massively helpful. You know, I, I think there's times when you're, you know, when you're working on a big problem or you're building a big feature and you're months into it and it starts to become a drag. And I've countless times found that side projects are just a great escape. Hello and welcome back to Indie Bites, the podcast where I bring you stories of fellow indie hackers in 15 minutes or less. In this episode, I'm joined by Gilbert Pellegrom, who is the co-founder and CTO of Lemon Squeezy, a platform for selling software and digital products online. Previously, Gilbert created the Nevo Slider all the way back in 2010, which grew to millions of users before he sold it. He then went on to work with Ormond Clark at Themezilla and Dunked, who he then teamed up with again to build Lemon Squeezy. What's interesting about Gilbert is despite being the CTO of a rapidly scaling startup, he's still making and shipping side projects, which we'll talk about more about on this episode. If you want to hear more about Lemon Squeezy, I actually co-host their podcast called Make Lemonade, where I speak with their CEO, JRFR, about behind the scenes of building a bootstrap company, Making Millions. Before we get into this episode, I'd like to, of course, thank my legendary sponsor, Email Octopus. They're an email platform focused on affordability and ease of use without some of the bloated features that other email apps have. So you can focus on shipping and growing your audience, which regular listeners know is essential for growth in the early days. So to get started with an email platform that gets out of the way, you can contact contact up to 2,500 people for free, head to emailoptimus.com and hit the link in the show notes. Finally, if you want to hear more from Gilbert about his thoughts on going outside of your comfort zone, going from software engineer to CTO, and why Lemon Squeezy turned down funding to bootstrap the company, I've uploaded the extended version of this chat on the UMD Bytes membership that you can get access to for just $60 a year. Links are in the show notes. Let's get into this chat. Gilbert, welcome to the pod. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Thanks, James. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. So let's take it all the way back to your university days. The project that sort of put you on the map was something you created in your dorm room. Talk to me about the conception of Nevo Slider. Yeah, so the Nevo Slider was it was a, an image slider. And, and it was one of those things where it, at that time, you know, I was just getting into web development and I'd kind of fallen in love with just building websites, right? And just at that time, image sliders became extremely popular. And basically what happened was I saw one and I thought, wow, that looked cool. I'm going to try and build it, right? So then I, then I built one. I used some like imagery. It was like Disney imagery, which is probably totally copyright, but I used some like decent images and I, I created these like fancy effects they were like chop you know like slices and grid you know and and nobody else was doing that at that time right they were just like simple image sliders and i added all these fancy effects and used some good images and created a website and put it out there and of course i wasn't really expecting much of it and and so i did it yeah over a weekend i think it took me a couple of days to build over a weekend when i was in uni and then i think i launched it on the saturday and on the monday somebody posted it to hacker news and hacker news at that time was you know a whole different beast. So I think the site had 80,000 hits in a day. And that was it, that kicked it off. I mean, from then on, it was just hundreds, thousands, millions of downloads over the next few years, so. And you weren't charging for it at this point either. This was just a, a three script, right? Why did it take millions of downloads for you to eventually think, ah, I could make some money from this thing? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the kind of young, naive, non-business person in me was sitting there going, you know, this thing's getting millions of downloads a month. There must be a way to make money from this, right? And I figured, well, you know, why don't we make a WordPress plugin out of it and we'll just charge for it, you know? And I remember doing the maths and telling somebody, you know, if if I convert at 1%, I would make, you know, 
forty thousand dollars in a year or something, and uh, yeah, in the first month it made six thousand dollars, and that <laughs> so that was that was that you know after that it was like whoa okay you know this is a thing so and the, yeah this has always been a side project for you and sort of throughout university and after university you kind of embedded yourself into the WordPress space not only as a developer I think you helped out with the early days of WooCommerce um, which is yeah, crazy yeah. to think of what that's become now then you teamed up with Orman which are now working with now on Themezilla and Dunked how did all of that occur did were you intentionally going into the WordPress space like this no again a lot of it was kind of accidental I think the the success of the Nevo Slider WordPress plugin put me yeah. on the on the map in the WordPress world and you know so you started to kind of come into contact with people like AD Pinar, who, who was at the time, you know, the CEO of Woo Themes, um, you know, and I was looking for work one summer and he said, you know, we've got this idea for Woo Shop, as it was called back then. And he's like, do you want to build a prototype for it? So I built the very first prototype. Uh, John O'Nolan as well, who was kind of big in the WordPress space at that time and did things with him. And and so, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like a deliberately, like, I'm going to break into the WordPress space here. It was very much just, you know, the kind of natural path that I was on building sites in WordPress and but around the same time was when Orman first got in touch with me and, you know, world-class designer, you know, he was one of the, the first guys on, on Theme Forest to, to make a million dollars and all the rest of it. And we were chatting and he said, do you want to build a site project with me? And, and I was like, sure. So we built this thing called Snippy, which was like a, a, a snippet manager, you know, for code snippets and that kind of thing. It was a simple website. And so I built that with him while I was in my first job as a graduate. And then on the back of that, he was like, why don't you... Why did we work together? And so that's how I got my job in in Themezilla, building WordPress themes for Orman. Yeah, and then the time came and Orman was like, look, I think we should build a, a SaaS product. Like, a, you know, I think I've got this idea uh, for what would become Dunked. And Dunked is like a portfolio builder for designers. You know, it gives you a, a, a simple way to, you know, just create a, a portfolio website for your design work or whatever. And then that just took off like that was just bonkers that was one of those you know things where it was just it was a bit like the Nevo slider you know we we, we had a good feeling about it but it you know it just went mad almost straight away mm -hmm. so worked with Orman and dunked them for a couple of years after that I think and yeah I got to the stage where you know I just felt like I, I needed a change you know I wanted to do something different so I emailed a few people and Brad Tunard who was the founder of Delicious Brains, which was the, the WordPress plugin company that did Migrate TV Pro, which is like one of the most popular WordPress plugins there is, I think. And yeah, he was like, yeah, come and work for us. And so I ended up in Delicious Brains for like five years, uh, working for them building WordPress plugins. So. And that, that sort of brings you up to date with sort of starting Lemon Squeezy, because you started Lemon Squeezy one day a week when you were working for Delicious Brains, Ormond had worked with you. How did that conversation go, going from like only working as an employee, but sort of collaborating to, do you want to come and be a co-founder on this new thing that we're thinking of building? At the time, I was quite happy at Delicious Brains. You know, I had a good senior software engineering job and the, the Lemon Squeezy thing came out of nowhere, but obviously knew Orman quite well. And Orman was like, look, you know, we're building this thing and we don't really know where it's going to be yet, but we have this idea, but we really need someone to build it. At first, I was kind of like cautious about it. You know, I was doing that thing where I was like, you know, there's a lot of risk involved in joining a startup that hasn't started, right? And so I agreed with Brad, who, who kindly allowed me to take a day a week and, you know, just start kind of working from there. And, and then I met Orman and JR and Jason and 
obviously things started to get real eventually and, and at that point we were like okay I need, I need to go and work here full time but yeah but at first it was very kind of cautious it was just like lots of talking lots of plans and speculation yeah. but you know it, it was um, yeah very much a time of kind of discovery about what we wanted to do well let, let's move on to a little bit more about your side projects this is a common theme that has run throughout your whole career gilbert and you're still firing stuff out just this weekend i see a tweet from gilbert saying i've launched these new or i put a deal on for these wallpapers what the hell gilbert i thought you were making a hugely complex platform to sell goods online not selling wallpapers and i looked at it lovely wallpaper <laughs> bought them it's it's now on my screens but like well, you're good. constantly yeah. launching side projects all while you're working full-time all throughout your career why are you doing this so i think one of the things that i've always found is that i, I never want to lose the love that i first had for web development right you know i went to university i got a software engineering degree but web development wasn't really part of my degree that was like I, I did stuff on the side and I kind of fell in love and I taught myself as most people do in this kind of realm. You know, you teach yourself HTML and JavaScript and CSS and then you build websites and you kind of fall in love with just the pure creative aspect of it. Web development is still a my hobby, right? As well as my job, right? And, and I, I love that I get to do both, but I find that the creative outlet of side projects is massively helpful. You know, I, I think there's times when you're, you know, when you're working on a big problem or you're building a big feature and you're months into it and it starts to become a drag and, you know, the work side of it starts to become, you know, heavy going. I've countless times found that side projects are just a great escape, you know, because you just get to build stuff. It's like playing with Lego, right? You know, you, you just get to build stuff and it doesn't matter too much what it is, you know, and these wallpapers that are released this weekend, you know, I was just exploring chat GPT and DALI and, you know, I was just like playing around with that and it's like, okay, yeah, I can make some wallpapers. You know, the, there's times when you want to build side projects for profit and, and side businesses and that kind of thing. And, and obviously that's fine and that's cool if you can do that as well. But I think for, for me, a lot of the time, it's just that creative outlet, you know, and, 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 and also sometimes an opportunity to learn a new technology, right? You know, it's just, you see a new thing and, and it looks cool and you think, well, you know, I'll give it a go and give it a bash and just see, you know, build something, see how we go. So I feel like my view on side projects has shifted from something that can be passive income and make money to exactly what you've just explained. I'm not technical, but I love learning new no-code tools or learning how to create a certain type of content, a new video I want to do. And it's that creative outlet where I'm not worried about how much money it's going to make at the end and like th this leads into another question which is should you charge for your side projects i always think that like, if you can make a little bit of money then do it but like be kind of clear from when you're starting out are you doing this yeah. some something that you're going to sort of time box and launch for fun for free that people can use or is this something that maybe you feel has a little bit more potential and you can enjoy it but actually you're going to turn it into a thing that you can charge for yeah, exactly. And and I, I think I've always taken that attitude with side projects. I think, first of all, it's, it's, it's good to be clear on what you want from a side project, right, before you start. You know, is it something you want to make money from or is it just, are you just, you know, is it a creative outlet or are you just playing around? Because I think those two things have very different outcomes, right? You know, and if you're trying to build something that's going to make money, then I, I think it's massively important that you scope it well. I think one of the things I learned, you know, a SaaS app is a big bit of work, right? There's lots of 
pieces to put together. And even a simple SaaS has, you know, authentication and billing and all sorts of bits and pieces. And so like, you know, being able to come out with a reasonable scope, sometimes tools and frameworks help obviously and, and make things faster and easier. But I think you really have to be ruthless about biting off only what you can chew, you know, when it comes to side projects, because otherwise, you'll either just never get it off the ground or it'll become a maintenance nightmare and, yeah. and you'll spend forever just fixing things or, you know, I, dealing with support or whatever. So. I, I like the idea of creating a really small pared down version of your eventual vision to help with validation. Maybe it's just a landing page explaining, explaining the problem. Maybe it's a prototype that you can get a few people using because if you are going to do a side project that you do think is going to turn into something bigger, you do need an element of validation there and if you want to have the fun of building something small make it really small and get something out into the world rather than spending a lot of time building something and never launching it because you realize the scope's too big yeah and i often find myself these days i almost feel like when i build a side project that there's a rush and the rush is to reach that point where you can get something out yeah. before you lose interest in it right right before yeah, it becomes no. too big and or or too heavy and you just get to that stage where you're like yeah this isn't you know it's, it's not gonna work so a lot of your early side projects were acquired and we didn't actually mention that that nevo slider was acquired along with some other things uh, do you have any tips on how to get your side projects acquired? Do they need to be making revenue at this point? I don't know if I have any particular tips. A, a lot of the side projects I've, I've sold have just been on, on Flippa or um, FE International, which is like a brokerage yeah. for some bigger ones that I've done. But they haven't been, you know, things that have done anything particular you know, to get them sold, they have generally just been, you know, like listing them in, in these kind of places. Um, I, th I think the, the Nevo slider was different. It was, you know, a, a kind of bigger company and went through FE International and um, actually did a few rounds with a few different people who were interested and then it, the, the sale fell through and then um, it was Unit from Female that eventually was like, yeah, okay, let's let's do this. And so I sold it to him. In terms of like tips on, on things you could do, what one thing that I always do now, and it makes the selling process so much easier, is make sure that you have all your accounts for everything isolated. And what I mean by that is like, you know, if you're building a side project or you're building a project and you think you might sell it in the future, you know, create a new account for your hosting and for your you know email provider and for your billing because this that way when you come to sell it you, you can just hand over all of the accounts that seems to be like anti the advice of like getting stuff out and shipping it because you can find people just like making loads of accounts new emails whatever instead of making the thing i i guess that goes back to having the intention of what you're going to do with it right Exactly. Right. And, and it's one of those things, you know, I think it's, you know, if, if you're going to sell, you know, or if you think you're going to sell something, then, you know, it's, it's helpful in the long run to have to have it like that. And even from a billing point of view, it makes it's easy, easier to separate the costs for a project if you have separate accounts for things. But if, yeah, again, if you're just playing around and you're just putting something out for fun, then, yeah, it doesn't really matter, does it? So uh, You listen to the show, so you know that we end on three recommendations a book a podcast and indie hacker i think i think probably the, the book that's had the biggest impact certainly from a business point of view uh, recently is atomic habits by james yeah. clear podcast uh, I, I would love to give a shout out to rob hope 
who does the Yo podcast. And yeah, Indie Hacker, I would quite like to give a shout out to Marcel. And I don't know what how you pronounce his last name, right? I don't know if it's Pocoa or it's spelled P-O-C-I-O-T, right? He's one of the founders of Beyond Code. And they do these like great developer-focused tools. One of them's called Tinkerwell. And they're just like an indie company, but they, 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 the tools they build are excellent. They're great. And um, I use them like so much and I honestly can't recommend them enough. And so, yeah, shout out to Marcel. Gilbert, fantastic recommendations. Thank you so much for coming on this episode of Indie Bites. Yeah, thanks for having me, James. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Indie Bites with Gilbert Pellegrom. If you enjoyed this and want to hear more, the full conversation is available on the Indie Bites membership. You can head to IndieBytes.com slash membership to sign up. And a thank you again to my awesome sponsor, Email Octopus. That's all for me. See you next week.